Sanjay. Sanjay. Hello. Hey. Yes, I'm here. Yes, excellent. So, so you busy? <laughs> you got him in for a podcast? Maybe, maybe, maybe 60? <laughs> uh, I can talk for a few minutes, sure. A few minutes, okay. Right. Well, a few if it's in the double digits, that's great. This, High, higher double this digits. This is without liquid assistance, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> this, by the way, I think is the podcast uh, 28 or 29. It's... Podcast three in season two. Is that right? Podcast three in season two, otherwise 28 or 29. So, um, Sanjay, we thought the topic would be, um, you've, you've observed these, you've not participated in them, I'm sure, but failures in business deals and dealings. Um, completely off the cuff because we're calling you with no notice, um, but we thought you might be able to help us on that topic. What do you say? Failed business deals. Yeah. Well, that's part of doing business. Not all the deals go uh, 100% uh, okay. I mean, even, uh, you know, baseball players have, you know, batting averages. I mean, so, yeah. So, I guess if, it's, if the problem is not 1.0, it is uh, less than 1. And then the difference is, I guess, they call failed business deals. Hey, you know, we should... Uh, we should probably yeah, introduce you properly now that now that we've got you going. Because Mark. has he been has he been in this series? You no. We Sanjay, all did, we we all yeah. did the prior series, the Tech Entrepreneur series. Yeah, but available no, Sanjay, on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Sanjay has not been on. Uh, Sanjay Manantar has not been on um, this uh, series at all. So Sanjay, can you can you properly introduce yourself since we failed to do <laughs> since it? Since we didn't do that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm. Uh, a local entrepreneur. I've uh, had a few uh, ventures. Uh, the last one was called uh, Erva, and what Erva provided was a cloud-based mechanism for uh, folks to manage content on uh, digital screens remotely. And uh, I ran it for about uh, 10 years, didn't take any outside capital, uh, grew the team. We had, uh, give or take, about 10,000 endpoints. Uh, by endpoints, I mean screens in, uh, as far away as airports in uh, New Zealand to, uh, you know, several thousand cooler doors for Anheuser-Busch, about 30 or so naval bases for employee communication, con- uh, you know, convention centers. Aren't we sitting uh, near, aren't we sitting near one of your deployments? Because we're down, we're downtown uh, We're downtown. At the well, seaport. if you look out the window, uh, I think you'll see the big uh, LED screen from uh, the convention, Boston Convention Center that is run by Erva, and about 80 or so LCDs indoor inside uh, that is also run by Erva. And, of course, the customer manages it, uh, manages it and uh, in that particular case, it is what we call a hybrid model. They uh, have content that is... Uh, nice to know, nice to uh, see, like, uh, where should I be for this next conference or next uh, meeting uh, for the viewers to advertising. And okay. that's like hybrid. And that some content make money for the Boston Convention Center, other content is just uh, very beneficial for the viewers. Uh, yeah, so you're very, very close to that one. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. let me, let me, view, let me yeah. sum that up because I got to say that the connection we have with you is great, but because it's over the phone, it's a little muffled. People can read about your prior business at Erva, A-E-R-V-A.com. And what, what uh, web address can they read about you so we can get into the fun stuff? 
Do you have a... Do you have a uh, uh, you, uh, people can just go to sanjamanda.com. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, information, including a, a uh, you know, fairly uh, in-depth uh, video that MIT uh, ILP uh, Industrial Liaison Program did uh, when I was uh, running ERVA. Just to be clear, I'm not with ERVA anymore. Uh, this, uh, this is, a, I guess, a typical uh, you know, progression for uh, founders after they sell and they run the company for a little bit and then other, uh, you know, challenges uh, become more interesting, and uh, we yep. move on. Oh, and got it, so got I it, have moved on, and uh, yeah, but that was the last venture that, uh, uh, that I ran. Okay, so we'll put a link in the program notes. So let's yep. go down to, back to um, failure in business. So you're saying that, oh, and by the way, I should, I should point out, Mark, that we are ourselves recovering from a... From a failure. <laughs> from a failure. Which, again, I always <laughs> say this, this podcast is called Failure, but it's really about resilience and <laughs> learning, so, learning from things that kind of happen. So, like we thought we had a guest today, oh, and yeah, indeed that, we do. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we failed in our own damn podcast. We we had a previously uh, scheduled guest who accepted the invite, but unfortunately, we were all looking at a different in, invite. Yeah. So we we failed at at having a proper. Uh, first of all, we didn't properly schedule you, Sanjay. So. On behalf of really nobody but me, I'm very sorry, and you're a good sport to get yanked into this without any notice. Yeah, we appreciate it. We so we don't want you to think like that. You're you're the uh, second number two. It just turns out you were, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're pivoting. Is that, we're pivoting, if you will, for at least today. Um, so let's talk resilience. about resilience. Okay, from so resilience. The podcast was taken. Hey, so. so I get to ask Sanjay my favorite question before he dives into his. Um, before Sanjay dives into talking about failure in business, okay. I want to ask him a philosophical question. And with his, I'm going to promote him a little, with his MIT and, how do you pronounce it, NSAID? No, NSAID. That's INSEAD. INSEAD. NSAIDs and INSEAD are different, I gather. I think so. <laughs> are, are, are NSAIDs and INSEAD different, uh, Sanjay? It's a, as you know, it's a French business school, so they do call it INSEAD, uh, you know. Sounds like it's NSAIDs, and, it's, and it has the yeah. same anti-inflammatory effect, but, um, <laughs> okay, we got him. I think it, he was it, laughing. Isn't, isn't French business school an oxymoron? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I won't even go there. So. <laughs> okay, anyway, Sanjay this is, same, a, this is the same country that wanted to stop, that wanted to uh, uh, prevent, um, people using their Blackberries and their iPhones uh, after five and on holidays because they uh, didn't want people to be productive, isn't it? Well, they were also the country that was smart enough to keep McDonald's out until they upped their game. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. actually, they're not failing. They're, they're, they're no. probably pretty smart. Yeah, and then that guy, um, okay, we won't get into politics. We, this whole political thing. So, let's go. I want to ask Sanjay my philosophical question, which is... This is the, if this you're is, out of money question? No, no. <laughs> That's a very... Does, does something fail just because it runs out of money? No, yeah, yeah. No, Sanjay, the bigger question is why... why so, the dinosaurs, I guess, or as a matter of evolution... Um, species need to fail, or at least go extinct. Ex extinct, um, I guess. Um, like they, this at least, podcast. Like this podcast, they seem to. So, is failure a natural part of the business cycle? Not necessarily for any given business, though that would be true too. But the overall evolution of the business ecosystem. Why is failure so essential and unavoidable? Thinning the herd. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. See what Sanjay, with his incredible background, has to tell us about that. 
Well, you know, uh, I, I spent the first two years of my coming to the U.S. in uh, New Mexico, and we used to see uh, forest fires. And again, nowadays we see forest fires everywhere uh, out west. Uh, and coming from Nepal, we had a lot of forest fires as well. In, in a way, fire, forest fires are devastating, right? I mean, you have all this, uh, you know, inferno, uh, everything dies. But in a way, it is important for that inferno because what comes up is just very, very healthy. I feel just like in nature, in business, you absolutely need uh, you know, failure and destruction because from that will come different businesses that are a lot, uh, lot healthier and with a slightly different direction. Hopefully, people have, will have learned and it is a lot more vibrant. So. I see you know, analogies in nature, and I feel this is uh, true in life. It's true in business. Yes, failures are needed. So what's the oldest existing business? Does, I'm, I'm sorry, and I did not say the oldest profession. I did not say profession. Patent lawyers. <laughs> no. Oh, wait a minute. They're the same. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I did not say either of those. Um, what's the oldest company we know of? Do you guys know? What's the oldest company Think of know? one. Yeah, not like STP Oil or... I want to say DuPont is pretty old. What do you think, Sanjay? Uh, you know, there are a lot of companies that are 100 plus years uh, old. Uh, Which ones? Okay, but okay, well, regardless. So, how have they managed to survive and why? Uh, have I they... say Alcoa, but I, you know, I know it's more than 100. But I... Really? Alcoa, aluminum? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, well, how about some of those British companies? Steel. The British tea companies have been around since yeah. the 18 or 1700s. Siemens. Yeah, so, the German company's been around 120, 130 years. So why? Yeah. The, but, but, but we're generally saying that businesses fail. And then generally, I guess, we've, in an in ecosystem, we expect uh, living things, uh, whether they be dinosaurs or, or birds or trees, that species go extinct. Um, How old is this law from? 135, 40 or something yeah, years so. old. So, so the question is why? So not everything has to fail. Um, so there must be some amount of pivoting that prevents that. And yet, what about um, uh, sequoia trees? They've been around for a long time. Right. Yeah, you know, but uh, they also get consumed by fire. It's just they don't get killed by the fire. But so uh, the, probably the better thing than, uh, you know, dying because uh, uh, of, of uh, some kind of failure is having a new company. A new what? You're uh, mumbling. Say that again. Having a new what? Having a near-death experience. Near-death experience. Oh, near-death experience. That's like yeah, meeting Mark. I think, I think it went, I mean, that's almost needed. It's like inoculation, right? I mean, if you get that and you survive it, what doesn't kill you get makes you stronger, right? Then you absolutely, and I bet you any of these, or Nietzsche, uh, one older of companies things. have been through many near-death experiences. Oh, And Apple? that's why they're still around. Yeah, that's true. Apple. 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 Some of them don't make it. Polaroid, which we talked about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you exactly. Know, many but times. Some, which, most of them don't. Most of them don't. Digital equipment is, even though parts of it live on at, I guess, what, Dell? Who owns Dell's it? been around for a while. Yeah, but Dell's They're only been around. Again, right? We're talking 30 years, 40 years <clears throat> yeah, the yeah, most. Yeah, that's nothing. Michael Dell's our age. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone's that old, but um, even Sanjay's not that old. Um, no, he's okay. younger. Well, okay, so we can get back to philosophical questions. So tell us about failure in business from your perspective, what, what, what you've seen, what are the causes of it, how it can be avoided. This is from a seasoned entrepreneur. Uh, I don't know about that, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, as I said, I, I you know, uh, engage myself a lot, uh, at least at Erva, uh, in uh, uh, sales, 
PR development and sales. So I saw both sides of it. The middle piece, uh, you know, I had some very good people that uh, did that, uh, you know. But in selling in particular, I would take every um, encounter, every meeting, every demo as a potential success and how amazingly uh, you know, uh, big it would be the the the, the uh, customer, the contract. Yet that's never the case, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't know. Uh, you only know after the fact that oh, that was a royal waste of time. And so, I, you know, back to the whole uh, baseball analogy. You know, the batting average is never 1.0, right? So, uh, you know, some of the th- some of the uh, sales. Uh, you know, efforts that I launched into, in retrospect, were just so unnecessary. And I always say, why didn't I learn from it? But I think what it is is that, you know, I mean, you, get, you do get smarter. You know how to qualify the leads. You do a lot of good things. Yet, even with best intentions, some just do not close. And, you know, that's just written off. That's gone. That's like electricity. <laughs> you know, you turn it on and, it, you know, it went. But as a, uh, you know, the main sales guy for a very, very small company and uh, where, again, you're not taking outside capital and you really need to uh, grow uh, from profits, every opportunity cost of a failed uh, sales uh, uh, call, sales meeting, uh, is painful. Well, let me ask but you this related I, to that, Sanjay. Let me ask you this, yeah. which is that um, um, have you, in, in the course of your time at Erva, did you ever uh, sort of take a flyer with respect to a sales opportunity and say to yourself, ah, my very, my very bones tell me this is a waste of time, and yet have it turn out to be just spectacular, a real home run? Um, yeah. That's the question. Oh, um, absolutely. Again, remember, before, a priori, you have no idea how this is going to turn out. But, you know, I did have a framework, and there's also at my website, com the three R's. And the reason for the three R's is because I was having to explain to, you know, subsequent salespeople, and I hired quite a few of them, you know, and really none of them really worked out. Uh, the three R stands for revenue, reference, and resource. Resource basically means is it already built or, or not, or do we need to do special things to build it? So in a software business, you know, if it's built, you know, the uh, incremental cost of uh, you know selling is close to zero. But if you have to build it, uh, you know, uh, according to what the customers uh, want, it there is some engineering needed. But let's say it is built, so it's resource. Now, really, the two remaining parameters are. Are they going to give you a lot of money, or are they going to give you just a little bit of money, but their reference is amazing? So right. Let's say American Express, which was not a customer of Erva, uh, came to you and said, look, you know, we don't have a lot of money, but we are very happy with this uh, software product that you have. We'll give you, uh, we'll give you not so much money. Will you do this for us? Now, you know, I would typically say yes, but can we use your testimonial on our website? So in a way, I'm, you know, bartering the higher margin uh, revenue for, uh, for their, uh, their stellar reference, right? So right. The, the, the middle R. So that was the way I sort of uh, came up with this framework, and uh, it served me very well. Even so, there are times, 
you have to tell yourself, look, they want to pay zero, yet they're called, uh, you know, let's say Anheuser-Busch, which wasn't the case in that case. But uh, you, you pick a flyer, and sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it works huge. Okay, so can you give us any examples, not with names of companies, but uh, maybe give us a general sense? Uh, because I let me go. Let me change gears no, a little. No, let we me, had, well, oh, let me. I'm going to interrupt oh, yeah. you. I'm going to do what you do. So sometimes oh, the failure is not planned. Sometimes it is. In other words, sometimes you look at the opportunity cost of the deal and say, you know what, I, this is going to have to fail because I'm not going to invest any more resource in it. What? Re so, what? What? Would you yes. agree with that? Well, no, no, that, that has happened as well. So Explain that, it, Mark. How many the... times have I touched the prospect? Right. So let's say they asked me to come, uh, and this is a very, very, very large uh, public print-only company. They're yeah. based, uh, they're headquartered originally in Chicago and now uh, headquartered in New York. And if you're smart about it, you know who they are. They, had, they first came to MIT, so through the, again, ILP program, I was introduced to the CEO, CMO, and CFO, and we had a great meeting. And they said, wow, we can't stay in print forever, we need your technology. Please come to our headquarters in New York. Okay. So the first touch was at MIT. Second was at the headquarters in New York. Then there were two or three more, and I thought, I thought okay, I understand they're a very large public company, but there's already four different meetings is something going to come of it? Right. And I'll tell you, that was about, uh, you know, 10 years ago. It went on for a good two years, and I said, okay, it was not meant to happen. It uh, basically went away. Uh, the salesperson I subsequently hired said, oh, I have a friend in this particular company, and he picked it up after a hiatus of four years, and then he ran it for three years, and while I was Happy to you know, cut bait. He just would not cut bait. So, but you didn't, you didn't really plan the failure. Tell some. Yeah, what about your experiences? My Mark? experience. Well, yeah. I would. I had the same. I, had, I as a, as a guy that's really a sales guy more than than a product guy. You you want to believe? You always believe it's going to happen. This thing's going to close. So you know. It, it, and 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 by the way, that's exactly what this particular salesperson said. And I said, uh, listen you got to cut bait after a while. Because if you keep saying, I, will, I believe in this and I want to make this happen, what is happening is, and I saw this right in front of my eyes, he, he didn't understand the concept of sunk cost. Yes. He felt whatever he had sunk thus far cannot be recuperated until, I mean, cannot be recovered until it actually closed and just kept, you know. And by the way, if it was just maintenance level, great, you know. That's just very little incremental cost of his time. But he'd keep doing demos to yet more people. And more. I'll tell you, by the time he was done, after three years, he had given demos to or spoken to... I'm going to interrupt you for Mark's sake. Yeah, no, what, uh, what I was going to say was... <laughs> now, this is... I mean, I know the scenario. We've talked about He's it. chomping at the bit uh, here. But, it, you know, uh, when I worked at Vodafone, not name-dropping and not going to disclose anything... But we, we, had, we had a four, well, I know <laughs> we had a formal uh, discovery and uh, qualification process that you had to follow. But where they were, uh, two two things, two outcomes. One is they were extremely systematic about it, and they would walk from opportunities that didn't fit the scenario. So it was forced failure in a sense, um, which in some cases precluded them, especially in a new market, from 
opportunities that they could have had, revenue opportunities or learning something or finding something new and innovative. On the other hand, they also de-risked things, and if it looked risky, they just would walk. But so wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me they would? So they had there was a, a forced failure mode. Yes, and the force. But I think what you're saying is, which is what he's just yeah, saying. Yeah, uh, but what you're saying is that there was a, they had a profile, so that they would they would constantly be checking. They tried to the, idiot proof it. Every deal at every yeah. stage. That's right. At every stage. So, so that so you have kind of two two ends of it. So what Sanjay was saying is he already figured it out intuitively. But he had a sales guy that kept pounding at it, which is what good sales. A right. good sales guy just keeps going and keeps going. Until right, he gets but that's the deal. all they know. But the company as a whole, and and, yeah. and, and, and you know, you, you're absolutely right, Mark. Uh, you know, large companies they have to deal with lots of salespeople now. It's very regimented. Personally, uh, I have the luxury of uh, I, I used to call I grew I grew six antennas, right? Right. So all these antennas, over time, you grow them, and you just have that sense. And I knew that this was not going to close, uh, but he didn't want to uh, let it go. Right. I had let it go already once. And so in a, in a smaller company, you know, it, really, it, it behooves the small company to have a process but not very regimented. Because I think the earlier question was, Speaking to your phone were there better. times when, when you took a flyer and was, I would say the top uh, few customers were pretty much flyers. Right. I mean, I had no, there was no opportunity cost to not taking that call. Or, uh, here's an example. One Korean company, uh, not the uh, two main ones you know, but that made, you know, displays said, hey, could you come uh, be in on this meeting? Uh, and it is with a very large uh, beer manufacturer. And, uh, you know, they want a content management system and they uh, want our screens. Well, it was uh, all over teleconference. And this uh, Korean uh, gentleman who had just met at, uh, you know, pr- a few days prior at a show in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, there were 10 other people from this uh, beer company. And the first question was, have you two worked together? And this gentleman, as a Korean gentleman, jumps up uh, immediately and says, yes, of course, many times. The reality is we've never worked together. Right. So hold on, so, Sanjay. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt no, you. No, no, no. Let me, let me finish the story. The story is that the, the, the uh, so <laughs> I would say I talked to you. Tough guess. What happened? <laughs> they went with another display manufacturer, dropped this guy. They loved our software and, were, you know, basically picked us up and be, we ended up, you know, being the sole provider for the company management system. That initial teleconference, when I think about how it came about, I thought I was helping the Korean dude. I had no idea that we were about to sign the largest beer company in the world at uh, thousands of licenses. But that was, I would say, a flyer that was up. So let me ask you this before we get into the substance of that. Um, are you, for the three, what is it, are we down to two listeners now, Mark? For the two listeners we have, it's, they. It's negative. Negative listeners. They're, they're all, they're, they're asking for their money back and they haven't even paid. They want to make sure that you're, that you're continuing to talk clearly up to your phone. <laughs> Either the network is awful um, or you're moving around down there. So we need you to. No. Oh, you're no, not. I'm just on my phone and that's why I think. Uh, you know, next time we're face to face with uh, some tequila at hand, it'll uh, the audio quality at least will get better, and and uh, maybe we'll have more lucid talks. Okay, so let me. <laughs> oh, that's all. That that makes good sense. So let me ask this about the the failure thing. We had um, a guest. This is a classic failure. We're 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 failing our our makeup guests. <laughs> 
<laughs> so here is, is on a cell phone, so we're failing even at a. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. <laughs> on a serious note, we had. Um, so I'm is, thinking. Is I was thinking thing? about our. Um, I was thinking about our two guests ago. We had Susan Conover, whose theory was that she had this thing about what is it? Eighty-five percent of the things on your plate are what probably not worth doing right now. Fifteen percent are worth doing, and five right. need to be done by you yourself or something. There was some breakdown. And so what I'm Lumens or something was the name of the company? Uh, LuminaDX. Well, we can we can look it up. LuminaDX. So Sanjay, I guess the question is, if it turns out, and I think, notwithstanding the bad cell phone network, I think the point of that story was, one of your best customers ended up being coming in through a flyer. That was it was a risk, or there were a lot of things that you. And the guy that brought them in the deal actually didn't persist in the deal. So the one. Gentleman that he referred to ended up getting boxed out of the deal that he brought. Yes, and Mark, you're saying that from what I gather, you're telling me Vodafone did it would not it would have it, it would not a formal like, process a formal process that applied not only in narrowing the funnel or right. in, but it also applied once the deal was done. Oh, absolutely, because these so, are deals that would last for many years. Right, so and they would how, continually requalify. How statistically? So the reason they could do that and Sanjay couldn't. So Sanjay was like your typical, so I'll say, startup, which is within reason as long as there's not a lot of um, expense that he can't uh, recoup by charging the customer. Um, he's willing to, like a salesperson, go after everything on two legs. So, so but here's the thing. So. Again, and how did, many why, established companies... Why can Vodafone avoid that? Because they're so established and they have well, such a big it, funnel? Well, it's an established uh, British company that had uh, administrative processes yeah. uh, that they followed. And they also had a belief, respectfully, uh, that almost anybody could sell. Yeah. But all we had to do is show them, you know, here are the components. You know, it's like my wife always says... You know, anybody can cook or bake. All you have to do is follow a recipe. Right. It's the same sort of philosophy. I, by the way, do not believe that because I can't cook and I can read. Because they always say, if you can read, you can cook. No, you can't. But that was found, they figured, or they believed, let me use it, say it that way. They believed that if we had a rigid process and that anybody followed it, um, that, you know, it would result in a good outcome. I would say kind but, of like but, Sanjay. But, yeah, but you're, but you're saying that they would then cut it off. Is it? I was thinking I had an analogy yeah, for if you. Yeah, if, if, if you went through the stage gates, it's yeah. almost like product development. If you went through the stage gates and you failed at any of the milestones, yep, then you're out. You're out. And they were very unemotional. But Sanjay about it. was not. Sanjay's not doing that. Well, because Sanjay was, uh, you know, in that particular situation, it was a. He's an entrepreneur. Yep. It's an early stage company. It was, you know, really reliant on sales and ongoing revenues for its ongoing existence. So sometimes he would take a flyer, but conversely, his some some guys might say that, you know, some sales guys don't know when to call it quits. So, and, and what he said, which I think is very much along the recipe analogy, he had a feeling when things weren't going to go right. He Sanjay. Fe- Sanjay did. Uh, and I would say that but about, he also about chefs a- that have a feeling. And, that- and, 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 you know, the way I measured that was how many times have I had to touch this deal? Right. Right? So if it became number four, I've touched this four times, it, it really better be moving the ball forward. Otherwise, this is going sideways and it may never close. And by the way, you know, I don't know, someone or some uh, uh, coach said, you never really lose a game. You just run out of time. Well, for start of the, if, if, if the time is five years, it doesn't matter. You may be dead, right? So you can't be persisting forever. So that's a, the first meeting, first touch, great. 
I'm giving you that uh, time, that hour, whatever. The second one, you better start talking about, you know, deal points here, right? Uh, but if we're at the, the, you know, meeting number four and we're not talking deal points, I'm cutting bait and going. Whereas the sales guy, he did not have that level of discipline thinking, well, but what about my last three meetings? I've already invested that much time and sometimes I travel to this uh, customer's location, blah, blah, blah. No, that's gone. <laughs> You've got to move on. Uh, but, you know, having said all of that, there were times when, uh, you know, you invest one, two meetings and still nothing happens. And I, I guess the one, and, and that is, you know, part of the deal, right? That's part of running a business. The part that I think, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, I think this, your initial question was uh, sales process and deals and all that. Right. The part that I really uh, try to guard myself against were things like circumvention, uh, you know, sabotage, subterfuge of various sorts, you know. And, and, you know, one that I would say very, very, that really hurt me a lot is partners. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. We were very active in Times Square, and we came up with a way, and this was... Uh, uh, through a an agency that had a client that had a uh, billboard. And that billboard, you could uh, send in a picture. But of course, the picture would be moderated, curated, and if it didn't have any problems with it, it would be uh, ready for upload. And the, the readiness for upload or approval would be sent to you. And this is back in the day when text messaging was very, very popular. You'd get a confirmation code. It's still popular. If you texted the confirmation code <laughs> when you were right in front of this Times Square billboard, we knew now that confirmation code uh, would link to your original submission. And while you're standing there, it would bring up your picture for six seconds. So user-generated content, user-triggered content. And... Ever came up with that whole process and all of that. And, you know, we did this for, oh boy, it's many, many billboards later on, uh, and mostly in Times Square for a good five, year or five years or so. One particular billboard operator, I won't name them, but they're fairly large, would get um, media buy time. So they got their money. And uh, the brand would also pay us for the software and the capability. So, in a, in a way, we were partners, the billboard operator and ourselves. Many years later, they decided, hmm, why do we keep bringing this little company into the deal? It's probably what they were saying to themselves. And basically, they developed that capability in-house. So we got fewer and fewer calls from this billboard company. And because they were a larger company, people would call them first for picture-to-screen, basically, capability. And that kind of... You know, circumvention is what I think is is how I think we lost majority of the deals in the in the latter part of uh, of the of my tenure there. And of course, we shifted away from that. But that could have been a very interesting piece of business, which later on became zero line item revenue wise. Well, this is one and of those stories. This is like the TV ad where the guy where the uh, guy or the woman is. Uh, listening, uh, watching something on the news, and he says, wow, I could have patented that, or I should have patented that. This is, <laughs> that's the only response. Says the patent lawyer. <laughs> this is a bad <laughs> example. No, if if I'd only, 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 only called Hunter McLennan and Fish. <laughs> yeah, the, the user triggeredness of it was so new that we should have patented it. 
Why didn't we patent it? And many times I did think about it. Well, you know, you guys charge too much <laughs> or a lot, right? So I would, I would. Say, I think okay. he means the profession does. No, no, no. no you, you, the way, you specifically. The way I saw it, <laughs> and maybe I'm giving up too much here. The way I saw it, I had to come up with oh 20k God. first. It was right? the opportunity the cost, in, right? So opportunity cost of Did that I ask 20k. For this abuse? And really, by the time we're done, <laughs> 200k. And I didn't feel oh there was 200K worth of uh, patenting to be done. But in retrospect, this was a truly patentable or patent-worthy, uh, you know, So we've, identi- we've identified a secondary failure, which was <laughs> yeah, well, failure to patent, which is David's <laughs> thought, uh, or, oh um, you know... I, well, I, I, honestly, I think it's, you know, the, sometimes small companies fail because they get screwed. Well, that's what he's getting. Well, I mean, that was the classic, the, the, my first example of the classic case of getting screwed. And by yeah. the way, another uh, name that I have no problems, uh, uh, you know, Naming talking names. about is uh, a little company called Google. Google. Uh, right? I mean, they what wanted to do the same picture to screen and all that. And we had two meetings, and after that, suddenly, Google said, well, we're going in a different direction. Those exact words. <laughs> right? And I thought, oh, Okay. They lost budget. The the, the campaign uh, lady who was also Google employee didn't want to do it. Whatever. No, they did do it by themselves. Nice. So all right. Later. So, so uh, David originally asked you, you know, why do things <laughs> fail? And like a good why politician, Sanjay took this wherever he wanted. Well, to. Well, yeah. his he should. But yeah. um, hey, look, we didn't schedule him. We're not yeah. buying him any any lunch well, or dinner or drinks. So yeah, we'll buy him he, a bag of peanuts. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, but you know. Uh, oh, Mark lost you, the work, one. No, no, no. no. Work, working with very large companies yeah, as, as a small company brings some risk, and sometimes you succeed while failing. You've succeeded yeah. in getting this new product concept out to the market, but you failed because you couldn't personally or the company couldn't monetize it. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and in, in some ways, I, I almost would consider ourselves lucky because we made good hay. In a, at a time when our other parts of the network business was very weak, we made good hay from this picture-to-screen in Times Square. As I said, after three or four or five years, it, you know, other people started just embedding that as part of their offering, uh, you know, some of these large billboard companies and even people like Google. And so we lost out. But at an important time point, that revenue stream helped us, gave us good brand, and so on and so forth. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just the dynamics of, I think, the business world in that you have to know who you're going up against and what leverage you have. Remember, we're very early. So we, we're the only ones who could do this and had a lot of leverage. This is pioneer, so, pioneers and, are the ones with the yeah, arrows so, in the back. Let me actually go back. Correct. And, and, you know, but again, I had no illusion. This guy that talks a lot. Either <laughs> I need to partner heavily, patent heavily both, or I move to a different uh, area. And You should run for office, last. Sanjay. You know, you speak well. You should, you should run for office. Question mark. Going back to Vodafone and, and the whole um, flyer yes. uh, notion. Did Vodafone have a process if there was a deal that fell outside the bounds of? In other words, it was was due to be no. terminated. Was there a mechanism to overrun, override that? Um, not really. There were, you couldn't do it, it without 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 the. Uh, Mothership approving it. Yeah, sure, of course. Well, the, the only way you could get around it, you could say this deal doesn't fit all our parameters as a quote unquote direct deal. Yeah. But we'll move it through a partner or a channel. Oh, really? And that, which we have done. And was there a way to avoid that or it pretty was, much it was, not? It was a way to 
you know, keep it going. De risk the deal yep. that the mothership uh, thought was risky or didn't fit their parameters and monetize it in a fashion, but you're you're putting the risk on a on a third party. And were they pretty um, good about sticking with this whole program, which is it sounds like no. what you're saying. No, because when you're when it, it involves human beings getting paid. Yep. And sales and again this yeah that's right. This is not uh, specific to any particular uh, telephone company based in yeah, the UK. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. But um out of Newbury, which is a town west of Reading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not specific to any anybody that might fit that scenario. But you know, when you have human beings that get paid, they want to find ways to get paid. And so it didn't it doesn't sit well to move it from one channel to another. Okay. You have channel conflict. Yeah. But the, the the strict answer to your question is if uh, opportunity A didn't fit, then you'd find another way to skin the cat okay. if there was real money at it. And you were able to make sure that, you know, is the customer's a, interests were served as well. A Me Too moment for cats that get skinned? Uh, hopefully not. Um, Sanjay, did you or ever... birds. <laughs> birds, so not birds. Um, parrots. Um, Sanjay, did you birds, ever right? keep a deal going even past those four contact points? That is one you said yourself, I just think I've got to keep going with this because it has a chance. And actually had it succeed? Or, or did you were you pretty good about enforcing that sort of four-touch point rule? I was pretty good about enforcing that. And the only way I would do it is if it was just hi, hello by email. I would not visit the customer again. Uh, because that, that now became real cost, both in time and money. But you know, just to uh, keep them warm, say hello. How are you? Uh, you know, if they say hello and all that, of course, you want to be friendly and say hello. But you know, uh, enough time uh, uh, passes that even they have moved on or something else uh, uh, changed. So it's, I think, a very good rule. And uh, again, it served me well. Uh, but you know, the the failure to close deals that happen often in fact i had a whole folder i mean the way i organized my uh life was every uh customer get, got a folder and the folder of active customers was much smaller than uh, another super folder called defunct and under that was mark so was the mark many, was at the beginning many. of that folder Mark, Mark's name well, was Mark. My, my picture was on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Customers and some names and defunct and many, many, many more names. Hey, so here's a... That's here's called a, a funnel. Let's go back to the top of this. <laughs> exactly. Let's go back to the top of this, Sanjay. You, you're saying that you treat failure um, like uh, baseball, which is, is the failure for a... It's uh, a he, he says it's an organic thing. I can't do sports analogies, but... He okay. says or, failure is organic, yeah. like a like a forest fire. So he'll argue it doesn't really yeah. exist, or that is there's no negative connotation. It's simply like a batter. Uh, Four hundred average. Would be I think phenomenal. The, ne- the negative connotation <clears throat> is failure. Failure to manage failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you right. don't learn from your failure, then that's kind of dumb. So do you think but is there are, does happen? Are there any and failures that are bad, Sanjay? Are there any bad failures, or is your thought that all failure is natural and is part of the baseball game of, of business life? You like these baseball games. Well, I, I mean, I think if you learn nothing from the failure and you you know basically replicated this exact same failure mechanism again, that's, that's failure. dumb. Okay. Yeah, that's true failure, but... You know, you like will not podcast. close every deal. Mm. So you've got to, there is going to be uh, some <laughs> failure, and you just have to accept it 
and you won't know it a, pri- a oh, priori which ones will be a failure, and thus you work towards all of them as you take on this. So, what would your reaction be as a as a as a serial entrepreneur to a um, getting into a business that failed? Is your reaction as long as I don't repeat that again? That's just part of life. I had a, a few good exits, and I've got a bad one. That's statistically acceptable and normal, and I'm just moving on. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, as I say, you know, it's a little bit corny. Uh, say, are you having fun? If you're having fun, I think, you know, you just take the pluses and minuses and uh, move on. And this is true within a, a company looking at deals. It's, uh, you know, across companies looking at a portfolio of companies. And, you know, I've had, you know, I want, at one point, I mean, if you want to think about a, uh, a true failure uh, for a company. I, I, at one point, for whatever reason, thought, you know, Nepalese uh, handmade paper is very amazing, and we should import that into the U.S. Fortunately, I did this on the side. It wasn't the main thing. But, boy, very quickly I realized the margins in uh, handmade paper is so thin, even though it's handmade and all so that, paper. it is not art, right? I mean... I saw Thai hand, uh, paper look like handmade paper, but it was machine-made, and, you know, you're taking the cleaners, right? And I thought, okay, this is not sustainable. This is not going to work. Uh, so I was left with boxes and boxes of stuff uh, that uh, were imported from Nepal, and uh, that was a very, uh, you know, harsh lesson that, you know, if you don't do enough diligence, in where you're going to go, you are going to fail. So wait a minute, so was that a failure? Was that a failure that you regret, or was a bad one, or was it just a natural one? And you no, know, in, in a way, that's one I learned a lot from. Remember, I said I, I grow many antennas, and that one. I mean, I'll tell you, this is one of the things we did, you know. Uh, and this is, you know, it's, uh, with my brothers, and that's very sort of a uh, sort of a side thing for us. But yet, I know you can make it work. But you know, we start advertising for this sort of stuff before we knew who our customers were. I mean, you know, imagine, like, you know, not understanding your customers' needs and where, where they, uh, you know, in those days, magazines and all that, which magazines they read. All, I mean, you're pissing money into the wind, right, if you don't know what you're doing. And all of these were very valuable for the uh, future businesses I ran. And so, in a way, you know, it was a very, very, you know, uh, cheap, expendable uh, business course I took. We're running a very quick, uh, quick burn, uh, you know, importing business. So, Mark, is this a, the new Zen? Is this the new philosophy? Which is, and I'm not sure if it's even new. Which is, as long as you learn, it wasn't a failure. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's the new Zen. I like the forest fire analogy, which is, you know, acknowledge that failure is organic and it's part of the deal. Uh, yeah, just don't well, fail too often and too big. And the and Sanjay would argue you don't fail the same way. Well, all right. So too often. Yes. Too, so and, where does running out of? I still argue that running out of money is sort of a symptom of failing of failing to acknowledge these other things either simply happen or or. Yeah, but, the, but you can't like in, as we as we learned in in last season with some of the entrepreneurs, sometimes you can't control the the money end of it. Yeah. Just uh, like even with my yeah. original business, Airprint. Just how was I going to know that the housing crisis was going to impact, you know, everything and have that that big recession that we had? Well, how about the, Sanjay? He hasn't addressed that. He hasn't addressed that. But he hasn't had a failure like that. Yeah, that's true. So Sanjay, you know what we're getting at, which is um, we're still trying to over the course of way too many podcasts, and perhaps one was way too many. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, we're still trying to get to the heart of failure. And um, the evolving, th the initial theory was that companies fail when they run out of money. And that, to me, was more like arguing that people die when they stop breathing. It's, yep, it's true, but it's not sort of the heart of the cause. And um, what we- so I think I have, a, I have a theory there that I can actually prove, and I'm sure some mathematicians can prove. If you make money every month, you'll never run out of money. Uh, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so, 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 if you draw uh, a breath and exhale every day, yeah, you you know, with some die. frequency, you'll keep breathing. <laughs> right, right. What's so, your point? So, again, someone like me, you know, I, again, the way I did, uh, the, you know, Erva were very, very intentional. Uh, I had a... Uh, you know, I joined a startup after having run, uh, you know, a tech fund and so forth uh, in London. I just wanted to be in the startup scene. You know, and I came from that world. I brought internet in Nepal. That was very, you know, uh, enriching and all. And then suddenly here I am, you know, an investor. I wanted to be running companies. And yet, you know, the one that I joined, uh, you know, I followed, uh, you know, the CEO was a really, really uh, charming guy, good salesperson, but just, uh, you know, I followed the wrong person. And then we that wasn't went one of Mark's cliff. companies, I trust. Yeah, we went over no. the cliff, did not, uh, you know, uh, list on uh, London Stock Exchange. Literally, we, uh, the, the bankers, uh, you know, called it and said, look, we, we, this is the wrong time because it was year 2000 April. And myself, having come from finance and technology, I've been telling the same CEO, Please, 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 we gotta go public sooner. And his view was, no, we need to amass more people. And then if we had the 300 people in a few more quarters, then it would be worth two billion. Well, we never got to see that, right? So that lesson was very, very, uh, you know, a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. And that was, you know, immediately after that, whenever, you know, I founded Erva, I said, I'm not gonna have a co-founder. So that's, you know, I, if I make my mistake, I, I will be responsible uh, and I will not raise outside capital. This person uh, raised insane amounts of money. And I think when you have too much money, for instance, you know, I'm sure many, all of you know and your listeners know where Pickersley Circus is in London. It's yeah. bang in the middle of town. For a software company, there was no need to be there. Yet we had very expensive, uh, you know, uh, offices. Had a palace. And it took... Uh, yeah, and it took three months to, uh, you know, remodel it. The day it was done, I walked in and thought, holy cow, we're in a nightclub. The lights and everything. And I thought, I think we'll pay dearly for this, you know, uh, splurging of investors' capital. And we did, right? We just, you know, the, 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 the guy basically spent a lot of the uh, VC money in the wrong way. I had so one of those result, too. Derva, I said, I'm not raise any more money, any money at all, and see if I can uh, do customer funding. And that's why, when you're doing customer funding, you kind of need to make money pretty much every month. That's right. So with that, I think I hear the closing music. So Sanjay, we are going to pick this discussion up again over tequila, and or, Mark is going to bring us to a close with right. uh, with our friend um, Aaron Copeland. Aaron Copeland. Sanjay, thank you. I'm not, I'm not supposed to interview people or act like I'm a radio host. Yeah, and I'm not do, supposed to say anything. Or do time and weather or any of those things. <laughs> but uh, 
I, I do want to say thank you for being willing to yeah uh, uh, to, to do this with zero notice, <laughs> zero preparation, and, and good humor. <laughs> and, and, and I still have some time to go play squash. It was a five o'clock, so thank oh. you for oh, perfect. Uh, making this short. Yeah, and um, yeah, this was short, short, short but not sweet. Yeah, it was good. Thank you, Sanjay. We'll Excellent. talk to you later. We'll talk to you. Yep. Bye-bye. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye.